on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% L.A. Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, L.A. Galaxy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on a Thursday, February 10th. LA Galaxy uh, through a preseason scrimmage today through with Seattle. We're going to talk a little bit about that, get you going with the big news. Douglas Costa is official. That's right, Douglas Costa is official. We can finally talk about all the stuff that we haven't been able to talk about, which I imagine there's like three things we weren't able to talk about the whole time. But he's official. We're going to talk about that. We have a press conference that was had, held today as well. So uh, a lot of stuff that sort of happened today that we're going to want to talk about and want to discuss. We're very, very glad you can join us. And no... This isn't a Monday, if you're tuning in. No, it's it's not a corner of the galaxy from the box. It's a regular old corner of the galaxy. But he is here anyway. We've got Mr. Kevin Baxter with us. Kev, how's it going, buddy? It looks like I'm in a box. I could be in a box. By the way, I was not consulted about the new intro, and I'm not... I'm not sure I'm happy about it. And, Mem- and the other thing... M- remember, this isn't a new intro. This is just Thursday night's music oh, instead okay. of Monday night's music. I would sure, like... Yeah, I would, how much I listen to the Thursday I show. was going to say, you, you're, you're, I can tell you're an <laughs> avid listener. So yes, yes. Notice I didn't say from the box. I said corner of the galaxy. I said true. it was a That's Thursday, true. not a Monday. I'm trying to get everybody... We'd, the only reason really we're having you on is one, I couldn't get anybody else. And two, you weren't on Monday technically for more than like five or six minutes. Well, the first reason is a good one. But by the way, I, I need to bring up, as you know, we've talked about this before here's my contract yes. negotiated by my lawyer sue me who you've met yes and i am working an, an extra shift so um according to sue's language in the contract which you signed i get double my normal pay so uh, yeah double yeah. times zero is how much yeah it's, it's still zero but you know hey that's okay we we will we'll still get it going um really by the way i'm, ro- I'm rocking the ontario where's the thing the ontario, ontario fury? fury i know ontario fury. How was that, by the way? Did you enjoy it? Um, it was lonely in there. I, I know. I know. And I know that's how it's going. By the way, everybody uh, in the chat room already commenting on your moody shadow like lighting, uh, which I told oh. you, which I told you to keep because it's the most yeah. interesting thing you've ever done. Do you want me to do my sinister chair turn? Please don't. We, you can do it okay. while I'm talking or something. Just don't make a lot of noise and, and interrupt everything. Um, crazy day. Absolutely crazy day. Can we can we tell everybody behind the scenes that the LA Galaxy were prepared to make this announcement yesterday? 
Um, and, that, and perhaps even the day before. And perhaps even the day before. We were, we were, we have been sitting and waiting for this for for a little while. And you know, we can't always say everything, obviously, that that we know what's going on. But we we knew what was going on, and it was supposed to be yesterday, uh, for sure. And then it sort of dragged out and dragged out, and there there were maybe some reasons for that. Well, here here, I mean, you can try to create reasons for that. But when I was talking to the Galaxy the other day, I said, look. We know what flight he was on. We know when he landed. We know that he went from, on Tuesday, we know that he went from the airport to the Galaxy uh, um, facility, that he had his pictures taken. He went to a Laker game with his wife. Yep. We saw that. There's photographic evidence. We know all that happened. And they said, well, but he, it's, the deal's not official. Well, then why did you fly him all the way from <laughs> Brazil? Why did you take his picture? Why did you give him free tickets courtside to a Laker game if he's not signed yet? And they go, well, you know, something could go wrong. Well, then again, why did you do all this? And then... One reason given me was, well, he had to sign the contract. What they don't have computers in Brazil, they don't have faxes or. I always or, wonder about that, Kevin. That's it's, it's such an interesting point, though. You're right. I mean, like, and we know that contracts have been signed via fax, and those are legally binding. Like, it's not like you always have to have a wet signature for these things, but you do it. But we also know that MLS always involves themselves in this as well, right? MLS legal has to approve the contract, and that also has to. And we know a lot of times that's a reason for delay. Well, this time, if you remember, it was it was finalized. We were told about 7.30 this morning. So do you believe MLS stayed up all night and was doing this? They rushed in the office first thing in the morning, and after months of not being able to solve this, they solved it in a matter of a few minutes? No, I mean, I, I don't know whether it was timing in Brazil. One Galaxy person told me, look, we have to make the announcement at the same time as Gremio because uh, people in Brazil don't know yet. I go, everybody in Brazil knows. Wikipedia had yeah. Douglas Costa as a Galaxy player last week. Yeah. Everybody knew this. And, you know, I I know people get uh, really irritated with me when I kept keep talking about when I was in band camp and, and covering baseball. But I think baseball does it right. What they'll say is the Dodgers have reached an agreement with Mookie Betts pending a physical. That gives you that MLS thing of, well, if the contract doesn't go through. Right. We said Douglas Costa has reached an agreement. He hasn't signed anything yet. He's got to fly in to sign it because there's no computers in Brazil. <laughs> and just tell us. I mean, it's all over the world for two weeks. I know. And we, the people that cover the galaxy are sitting here going, well, we don't have anything official yet. Just well, tell us it's done and he's going to come and sign the contract. And if something happens, people understand things happen. Well, I mean, also, all the all the corner of the galaxy listeners have been know, have known this was happening and in this direction for what, like three and a half weeks now. We've been we've been talking. I know it finally got serious. And Greg Vanny sort of gave us a timeline. We can talk a little bit about that and, and how that went. But um, the uh, the the first thing, just all this stuff just sort of you know piling up and, and getting to that point where you're like okay this is finally going to happen and uh, I think the best joke I had was um, you know once you once you're sitting courtside at a Lakers game you know the deal is pretty much done just don't tell Caleb Porter that yeah right? only one guy that kind of okay. went so I remember I saw the first time I saw Ramon Alessandrini I was covering a Laker game and he was there sitting yep. courtside and I went down and introduced myself to him and he was I think he wanted to go back to France because if this is the reporters I got to deal with, I, I'm out of here. Yeah, I, I would imagine you have the effect on a, on a lot of people. So, um, listen, we're going to get to Douglas Costa and we're going to sort of break down a little bit more timeline. I have some other uh, media that we can play and sort of get to Douglas Costa and we want to talk about that. But we're going to switch it up. And normally I like to go in order, um, but we're not going to go in order this time because uh, it just it, it fits me a little bit better to, to, to switch things around. So the LA Galaxy out at Golchella. Um, by the way, the Galaxy finally called it Golchella in a tweet, and I would just like to say that 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 at least corrects Ooh. the record somewhat. 
Um, because that's I, trademarked by you. That's no, no, it's not. I, somebody else made it up. I'm just oh, making sure okay. that they use it correctly. Remember, this is the Coachella Valley Invitational, which we have likened to uh, the same tournament that Daniel LaRusso fought in. Um, you know, and so you can you can always uh, see that one. Uh, I think I think Leslie might have used Coachella was it, one of the first. There were to do there were a lot of people, but it's the it's yeah. the known name. Um, and so, uh, we're certainly going to keep calling it that as it goes, but the galaxy were out there. Here's the thing. And I saw a lot of people and before we're going to get, uh, in just a couple minutes, uh, we're going to get Scott French on the phone. Uh, Scott, a reporter for soccer America, a freelance, he does a whole bunch of stuff as well. Um, but he was out at the game today against Seattle. And the reason that we have to call Scott French, Kevin is because the LA galaxy didn't stream this game. And I know there are people who are upset about that. Uh, because I saw everybody talking about it. Um, I got information last night, basically, that the, the LA Galaxy weren't going to stream this game. And no, are, they are going to stream it in three days. they got to get MLS <laughs> approval, and then, then they can stream it. No, no, I think everybody would be happy if they got a delayed game. They could even watch it. Don't make pe people will now be looking for that. No, that's not We don't happening. know the score until MLS finalizes the score. That's They're going to have to wait a wait. A, wait a, they're still trying to give out the MLS Cup from last year. Uh, so the Galaxy aren't streaming these games. The Sunday game's not going to be streamed as well. And everybody said, well, you have this tournament. You told us that you wanted it to sort of help the game of soccer grow. And that was the Chris Klein uh, quote from the press release, which is, let's grow the game. Let's do these things. Um, and it, it, and you're not getting that because you're, you're not getting eyes on it. You're not getting streaming and you're not inviting the public to it. Now, the public, I can understand up to a certain point because they were sort of in the middle of this Omicron thing and they didn't really know how they were going to approach that and do that. I will also say it feels rushed this year. Like it was a decision made to go ahead and do it this year, but it wasn't like they were super planning on it for the whole time or it's something that's been in the works and they didn't know whether they were going to implement it this year or the next year or however that goes. I got to stop you right there. Back up a little bit. Just so I know that this was planned in the last couple of months. Super Bowl was planned a couple of years ago. They're going to have 80,000 people in an enclosed building during right. uh, Omicron, and the Galaxy couldn't get 25 people in an outdoor facility in the middle of the desert? It, it, I mean, the idea here is that they weren't going to go ahead and do that with limited capacity, right? Because if you're going to put the large amount of money that it's going to take. And listen, this is some of the stuff that I was talking to the Galaxy about and sort of what their ideas were for this tournament going forward was one, of course, the public would be invited and that you guys would get to go out there and you get to go see it. You get to sit on the sidelines. You get to do sort of the spring training thing. They're going to have like hotel deals out in the area where you get a hotel discount because you're a Galaxy fan. And you go out there. They're talking about running shuttles for the media. And also, I would imagine shuttles for, you know, fans eventually to go from Dignity Health Sports Park and drive out to the desert and you get like four or five buses that show up and be able to see a game and then go home. And they're obviously planning on streaming. You know the infrastructure is out there. So they sort of took a hit on all this, which is you're at a place that hosts one of the largest technological concerts in an outdoor venue in the world, right? Coachella and Stagecoach and all these places. And you didn't have this stuff sort of set up. And it, to me, it feels like they didn't want to, to take the time and make the expense this year. And for whatever reason... That, that sort of played out. So there's not going to be streaming. And I think it's a huge, huge hit against this tournament and what it is because this is exciting for people. You want to watch your team play in the preseason. So, um, yeah, it's it's really interesting. I, I will tell you this as well. Um, I'm going to be out there on Sunday, so I will I will do my best to give you coverage. I was thinking about maybe doing a Twitter Spaces or something like that. Maybe that would be fun, um, where I just I, I can I can play by play the game. I wonder if I can get in trouble for that. We'll find out because I'll probably do it anyway. Yeah, I have one of these little soccer sets with these little figurines, like like these guys here. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And, yeah, and maybe you could like make them move around. You could like film it. 
Right. It's like, here, here comes Chicharito. And, he's- yeah, and, and here he goes. Yep. And, that, and that's where he's going. So um, anyway, I know that that's what they want to do. I know that they want to, um, you know, really start to uh, make this a better thing. And I think that the idea is that eventually it will be something that you're going to enjoy. Um, it's going to be something that fans are able to come out and do. And you're going to get to. And hopefully it won't be like as hot as it was um, today either. Although I think the temperature was about the same as it was here in L.A. today or in the 80s and, and, and 90s. Um, joining us, though, uh, I think I got him here as long as I hit all the right buttons. Uh, we have a yep. guy, We have a man who was out there uh, today braving the uh, was it windy out there, Scott? It wasn't so windy. Okay. Uh, it was windier in Garden Grove than it was in in uh, Indio. Which makes perfect sense. But we have Scott French on the phone. Uh, Scott was out at the game and saw the LA Galaxy play the Seattle Sounders today. And I was uh, relaying some of his texts to me uh, today during the day. So that way we could sort of figure out uh, what was going on with the team being it wasn't streamed. So um, as far as I'm concerned, Scott, you're about as valuable as Spectrum Sportsnet in terms of uh, getting us game information. So So either good job or bad job. I'm not sure if that's a compliment yet. Well, and uh, maybe I can get paid as much as they do. <laughs> we'll, we'll see how much that is this year. We'll see if that goes. Yeah, but, exactly, yeah. Uh, but anyway, by the way, I will say that it does continue to seem like Spectrum could be the bridge year that the uh, the LA Galaxy are going to use for this year, this one single year before the league takes over all that. We'll talk about that some more as we uh, go along. But, Scott, you got to see the LA Galaxy play a little bit, a little bit of a, a modified starting lineup as well from Greg Vanny. Switched a couple things around. Um, you know, Jonathan Klinsman got a little start and goal there. You saw Araujo and Neal and Depew and Edwards and Kleshton in there, Ravellison. Um, you had one of the trialists out there, Barry, Alvarez, Grancier, and Jovalich. What did you uh, see from the LA Galaxy in their 90 minutes? And obviously a 1-1 draw for, for the Galaxy as well. Well, it was uh, it was an interesting game. It, it, it took a while for the Galaxy to really uh, really start showing themselves. Seattle's been training a little longer since they have uh, Champions League coming up. They're a little further along in who they are, and they just looked a lot sharper in the first half, and, uh, and uh, second half Galaxy looked much better. The, the biggest thing for me was uh, Ravellison playing – playing in kind of a 10-slash-false-9 um, uh, a different place than we've seen him before. Uh, and, uh, and they had Barry back in the holding spot, and I liked Barry. I thought he, uh, I thought he, I thought he did a good job out there. Um, but, the, you know, it's, uh, the Galaxy, it was a game where at, at times they looked very good, at times they didn't look so good. It was a, a little bit of a typical pre, uh, preseason game in that way. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, and if we sort of jump ahead to the press conference where Greg Vanny was talking about Rebellison and you sort of asked him a little bit that he, he did say something to the fact where he, he does want, um, you know, Ryan to be a little bit more free in going forward this year. And so is, is that what you think you saw was him being more free to go forward or was he sitting more in that in that 10 role? Well, that that's it. He was he was free to go forward, but he was playing further forward than where Greg was talking about. You know, Greg was talking about putting him in uh, kind of like dual eights uh, with him and Delgado. And in this one, he was more. At, at times, I thought you know he. At times, it looked like they were in a four four two where it was him and Jovalich as the forwards. Um, it was just a, an interesting place for him. But you know, we've seen some of. Ravellison's best stuff when he has gotten forward. Yep. So, uh, you know, and, and this was one I, I, I know he wanted to look at Barry in that holding role. role. Um, he had Kleschen, uh, uh in as the third in that central, uh, central midfield group, which, you know, pretty much puts a, uh, 
get, puts a foundation for whatever else they're going to do there. Right. And, uh, and it was interesting to see him in that spot. But I also thought that that was one of the interesting things. That's, that is why I, I asked him about it. I, I wanted, you know, especially as we're talking about uh, Koshta coming in and now how is this team going to look? Where is Ravellison uh, going to play? Well, if he and Delgado are going to be kind of co-eights, um, does that mean they're going to go without a six? Right. And if they go without a six, uh, given what central defense is right now, I, I see trouble. Yeah, I, I mean, I, yeah, I, I can see that. It's a weak middle, right? Whenever, whenever you do that. Yeah, it's. I mean, Delgado uh, is very good at what he does, but he's not a six. Uh, Ravellison, I haven't seen signs that he's a he's a six really, um, because they're both eights. Yeah, yeah. And and it's hard to win without a good six, especially if your central defense is uh, uh, isn't excellent. Right. And uh, and I think that's that's a good way of terming the Galaxy central defense. Yeah, I, I can see that. Um, on defense, uh, you had Julian Arahu who got, who got the start in this. Um, he, he didn't start the last game, which I thought was just interesting, but it made some sense in terms of um, uh, continuity for what Greg was trying to do probably in the preseason and getting a win against New England and trying to build some confidence and seeing some different things. Um, what did you see from from Julian Araujo? And then obviously, uh, Jovalich scored the goal. Uh, it's a second goal in, in two games, a second goal of the preseason as well. Uh, he seems to be making a play for more playing time. Yeah, he does. You know, Julian, uh, he looked very good going forward. Um, had a couple of bad touches at times. Uh, it's the type of thing you'd expect when it's this early in preseason, but he looked good. I always struggle Yovlich. around his name. Yovlich. It's that, it's that J that's right there after that L. Uh, Yovlich, um, he was very active. Uh, but they had trouble finding him at times. One of the things that, that we saw was, especially in the first half, Seattle was very, uh, had it, found it very easy to find space or create space. Mm-hmm. And they, they could get out of the back, three passes, boom, 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 and now the Galaxy's on their heel. Right. While the Galaxy, it seemed like, you know, you had to take every single little step to get to that point. Um, yeah. They struggled to find that space. They struggled to create space. They struggled to get through what was primarily Seattle's starting lineup. Right. Uh, and um, and so we didn't really see a whole lot of uh, of Jovovich in the first half. Then start of the seconds when they scored right at the you know uh, three minutes into the second half, and it was a little bit of a uh, of an odd play and, and one that I didn't get a, a great look at. Um, it was a, a crowded box, and uh, you've got uh, over over on the left, uh, Aguirre has come in, and he's got the ball. In fact, I thought Aguirre had scored. Right. But uh, Aguirre delivered a ball from left of the left of the of the net, and obviously, as it was coming across, Jovovich either got a piece of it or it came to him, and he and he put it in. So he looked good in in that he finished there. He had some other chances where he was uh, where he went in. Um, and, uh, and did some nice things. Um, it's just, you know, it's the usual work in progress things, Yeah. but, uh, you know, they had, they, they, when it comes down to it, the galaxy really probably should have won, you know, uh, 87th minute, uh, Vasquez hits the left post with a, with a free kick. 
I, I mean, um, that, that has to be that has to be a good thing, though, Scott, whenever you look at this Galaxy team and what they've done through the preseason so far and going up against a Seattle team that is that is more uh, that has been training more and quite honestly has always retools and, and seems to gel uh, very early in the season. Well, you know, the biggest thing on preseason is getting the connections down, getting everybody on the same page. And this is a team that has some new players coming in. Uh, Raheem Edwards, I thought, was very good again. I, I liked him uh, the game at the weekend. Um, and, uh, and we're seeing that happen. It's, it's happening slowly, as it does in preseason. Seattle's just, you know, a couple weeks ahead of the Galaxy. And you can yeah. see that in much of the game. But once they brought the subs on, it was, I thought, a very even game. And I think the Galaxy had the better of the, of the second half. So, yeah, there's a lot of positives out of this. Uh, yep. I don't think there are any real negatives. That's good. Um, Klins, Klinsman looked good. Um, made a couple of saves that were, that were really fine. Um, and, uh, you know, nobody played themselves out of contention for anything. That, that's always um, nice. It's just, it's just interesting to see, you know, where they're putting players right now and, and, and trying to figure out, okay, what is this going to look like exactly? Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, I think we'll we'll have a better idea in a couple of weeks Yep. As we, as we get right on top of the open. And really and really when it comes down to it, you know, the first three months of the season is still kind of dealing with that stuff. You just got to get some points while you do it. Uh, do you see we'll, we'll ask you about just the overall venue there before uh, before we let you go. But um, do you see uh, do, do you see a future for making that kind of a cool spring spring training like vibe out there? You know, I, I think it could be, but I also, it, it's not really set up for fans now. And there was a group of fans. There was a, a, a group of Galaxy fans who I, I'm not, I didn't ask, so I'm not sure exactly how it all came together. But it looked like, you know, a bunch of them had been busted in or something. And, and it was some, sometimes a special type of situation. Right, right. Um, and, uh, and there were a few other people that had gotten in. And, and you know, Ralph Perez was there and Joe Tatino and, you know, all the, all the usuals that you're going to run into. Uh, a few coaches from uh, from around the area and so forth, um, but there's no place really to sit. Yeah. And so you know they they, they were the idea was to put uh, the media down on one little aluminum riser that was down at the galaxy galaxy end where to see at the uh, to see to the uh, uh, eastern eastern goal you'd be looking in the sun it was like oh this isn't working at all can we just walk the sideline so that's what we did was walk the sideline if they could put up a nice little uh, a, a nice uh, bleacher situation right. even if it's like a, a you know a like time. a high school right like like you see at jay sarah i don't know who who here has been to jay sarah but jay sarah stadium it doesn't have seats but they put these risers up for 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 high school soccer right no and Ma that sense. type of thing i think it could be a really cool thing if they put up real bleachers there yeah i think it could be a fantastic thing because the field is it's it's wonderful right. uh, it was a little slippery i think for the players i think they had to get used to it in the first half and i think we saw that happen as the game went on but the amount of space out there, I mean, there's, they, they got like 30 fields they can make out there. Oh. Uh, it could be a really good place for that. But right now, I don't think it's the, uh, it's the best situation uh, for just having a lot of fans there. But the fans who were there enjoyed it. They were right, uh, you know, you're right on top of the, of the uh, field. Um, you know, it's, it, it was a nice situation. It's, uh, you just got to drive a long ways. All right. Sounds good. Well, thanks, Scott. Appreciate you calling in and giving us the heads up for what was out there. And uh, I think I'm going to be out there on Sunday. So I'll see you out there on Sunday. All right. 
Yeah, definitely see you on Sunday. And, uh, you know, uh, if you, uh, you – they say bring snacks, bring all that, but they had some uh, some water and a few snacks for us out there as well. So. Woohoo! Free snacks. All right. Thanks, Scott. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, like that. All right. Take care. All right. See ya. All right, there you go. Scott French uh, on his way out there uh, and uh, made it back, by the way, in time for the press conference at 432. So he made it. He made quite the quite the turnaround. It's like a two hour drive out there, Kevin. It's not it's not like right next door. Too many. His report had too many eights and sixes and false nines. I thought there was no math. But by the way, what he did say about Revelison um, dovetails really nicely with what Greg had told me last week. Was it earlier this week? Greg told me at some point, might have been earlier this week, I think it was, that he wants Revelison to almost be a box-to-box guy. He wants yeah. to give him, as Scott said, the freedom to do whatever he wants. If he wants to join the attack and, and get up there, and it sounded like Scott said he was almost a, a second forward at times, or if he wants to drop back into the middle, the, the big problem is who is going to bring the ball up? Um, uh, you know, There is no central midfielder right now. We're going to talk about Douglas Costa, I know. And by the way, Douglas Costa's played – maybe not quite a third, but a quarter maybe of his games at central midfield. Mm-hmm. I, I was not aware of that. He's played a lot of games in the center. And and uh, Greg seems to think he could play there, although I don't think he wants him to. He wants him on the wings where he thinks he'll be more dangerous. But right. that's where the, the the Galaxy don't have a central midfielder right now. And I think Ravellison may be part of that. Costa may be part of that sometimes. And so I asked Greg, well, if you don't have that, that box-to-box person, that link between the back line and the front line, that means, as we saw in a couple of games last year, Chicharito comes 35 yards outside the box. He's not dangerous at all there, and, and the attack falls apart. And Greg's response was, Marky Delgado is one of the best in MLS at bringing the ball up. He thinks he can do that. He really likes Leardam and uh, and Raheem Edwards in that role as well. Yep. So that's a weird kind of thing for me. That Greg's what, what Greg was saying is it doesn't matter how the ball gets there as long as it gets there because I said bringing the ball up on the wings – Seems a little strange. Most teams, you know, come up from the center of the field and then move out. And Greg was like, as long as we get the ball up the field, doesn't matter how it gets there. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree. I will also say that, you know, Chicharito dropping back into the midfield, uh, while we while we tend to say that's not a great thing, it, it's a lot of wear and tear on him. So I'd rather he not do it. But when he does do that, the Galaxy tend to break open and plays and, and make plays. And you even saw it with, uh, I think, one of the Grand Seer goals, or excuse me, one of the, the Cabral goals was Chicharito dropping back into the midfield in order to start the play and then ended up you know being involved in the play at the end again as well. So yes and no. Agree all of that. I think Costa can play in the cam uh, in that that central attacking midfielder role. That's that would mean that Vasquez um, is out of there. I mean, Greg talked a lot about Efrain Alvarez playing more in the central uh, position this year as well. So that's something to watch out for. Let's go back. Uh, let's just take a little time machine back and and talk about Douglas Costa. We were tracking him on Monday night. Um, on the show, we were tracking his flight. Christian Miles was in. Uh, Kevin was at the Ontario Fury game, so he didn't get to have any of the fun. But we were tracking his flight. I, I phoned in. I phoned in. Yes, you did. I know, but like it was for like three minutes, and I was like, okay, and it broke uh, up the whole time. Yeah, yeah. And we just we you cut you off, and you know we were uh, we were moving on. But we were watching his flight come in, land in Houston, and basically we said it was going to land at you know five o'clock, five thirty in the morning Houston time, which is you know super early. It's three thirty in the morning West Coast time, and th- then he would get on a flight from Houston and fly into LA. We told you it land between 9 and 10 and ended up landing about 9.20 a.m. Uh, and because I am this because this is me, right? Because the aviation person that I am and the soccer person that I am uh, having it, we were able to track that. And we actually had video of him 
Uh, rolling, 757. Yeah, rolling off I can the see runway. Him. Can you see him in the second window there he, in he, the first class? I he was definitely him. up front. You know that for, for 100% yeah. sure. Um, so... Uh, so yeah, so he was there. We know he was there. We got uh, we got video of him rolling off it. Uh, it was funny because Fabrizio Romano had him actually uh, in the plane, I think, and saying that he was in L.A. as well. Fabrizio's agent and and Douglas Costa were like feeding Fabrizio this stuff. It was like a direct link. You could just see how how quickly it would come and and all these different things. So we got Douglas Costa rolling off the freeway. Uh, then we knew that uh, he was at the airport. He was pictured at the airport. Uh, Pase Filtrado had a picture of him. I don't know who took the picture, but they had a picture of him and uh and his wonderful wife as well uh she was there with him and so they were in the airport you're around nice uh, nice luggage yeah yeah they, they 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 travel well i mean come on this is one of the best footballers in the world at one point you know that he's going to have a good travel game uh whenever it comes so that's not surprising we talked about him being courtside of the lakers game later that evening um so he was there there was pictures and video from that as well and then the la galaxy i don't know if it was that night was it tuesday night or wednesday night um, no, it was Tuesday night that they started to, the tease. They started the Douglas Costa tease. They had a little graphic. They had his little, little lightning bolt that was sort of there. It was a little, little gift that was running back and forth through it. And it was sort of like, gee, I wonder who it could be. And then, you know, they played the Wordle game as well the next day on Wednesday as well. And everybody was like, it was like five letters and everybody, I, I thought it was funny that people were like Pavone. Um, and we were trying to think keen, like well, we were trying how, to think, how could they do that when the deal wasn't <laughs> finalized? MLS had not signed off on it. You, you're going to, you're going to beat this horse to death. Yeah, I, I am. Know. Absolutely. So anyway, so it goes through, um, in, in terms of that. So there was the tease. There was also the tease during this time. And let's tease it now. Uh, the LA galaxy dropped a small tease on the Jersey. Uh, and this is the, the white Jersey. And we're told there's no sash. Uh, we think we've seen the replica of it. We know that the uh, the authentic has a lot more crisper details in this. So as is normal, you're getting just the smallest little piece of the badge, uh, the top of the badge, the top, the quasar at the top with the LA. Uh, the badge is, of course, the the authentic badge. You can sort of tell just by the way it looks. And you have the five stars, uh, the four silver stars, and the one gold star up there, which drives Kevin crazy, but nobody else. So I don't think we need to spend time well, on it. Yes, it, it it should be a silver star. The gold star signifies five, so that means the galaxy have won nine titles. They have not. I love the five stars. I love the design. Just make that top one a silver one. Yeah, I know. Again, like I said, nobody cares. Yeah, it's not going nowhere. No, right now. no, I yeah. Know. It just it just straight down. So, um, all this stuff is sort of the lead up. And again, we expected this announcement yesterday at one point. Uh, it didn't happen. Um, but then it does happen early this morning. In fact, it was already being announced basically by the time I pulled up to work this morning. Um, and so I was scrambling in to get my well, story you're, posted. You're, you get to work about 1130 though. Yeah, you wish I'm at work before you're up. Um, so, uh, so anyway, so the announcement was Douglas Costa. It comes in where now we can finally talk about the details of this particular deal as well. In fact, the firm details now it's all been out there because there were some, you know, with, with Fabrizio, I think not quite understanding how, how weird MLS is. There was some lost in translation stuff that, that sort of came in here, but Kevin, you explained it to me whenever we were talking about it. You're like, uh, it's kind of like a sub loan, like a sub lease, right? It's like whenever you rent something out and then you're going to rent it out to somebody because you don't need to be there anymore. So, uh, this is actually a loan with Gremio. Um, but because they have the loan with Juventus, so it's like a loan of a loan. Yes, it's a it's a it's a relay loan. And by the way, the the Pavone thing must be done because he has number ten. 
Yes. Which would have been Pavone's number. But yeah, that, that, that was one of the many details that, that the galaxy seemed to think were earth shattering that they had to hammer out before they could release the deal, which was where is the loan really coming from? And it sounded like in the final analysis, the loan from Juventus to Gremio exists. And then Gremio is now re loaning him to the galaxy. So it's a double loan. Yeah. And, and that's, has that ever been done before? I don't, probably, I've never probably. heard of it, but I'm sure it's been done before. It's like, it's almost like third party ownership though, isn't now, it? What, like, what, what I don't know, and maybe you do, um, it, I know it'd be surprising for me to not know something, but it, it's, it's a two, two season deal correct. It's through the end of next season. Correct. But, it's through 2023, but it's not a two year deal no. because the first six months are the, the remainder of the loan. Then it's a year and a half with the Galaxy. Now, his market value is $4.4 million. Right. My understanding, the f- only figure that I've heard is $5 million. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that's $5 million for a year or for the 18 months of which the Galaxy is responsible. Because remember, at the beginning, it's a loan. Mm-hmm. So it, it would make sense to me if it was $5 mu- $5 for 18 months, because that would be right at his market value, according to Transfer Market. Right. If it's $5 million, then the Galaxy are on the hook for probably what two and a half million for this season. Well, in any case, he's a DP. Yeah. I was going to say, he's a a DP. He's a designated player. He is the galaxy's quote unquote, third designated player. Although I always call him this, I always call this spot, the second spot. Um, and then the young designated player with Kevin Cabral takes up what I call the third spot. So this is the second spot that's being filled. He also takes up an international slot. Now, if we're paying attention right now, we know that the LA galaxy don't have any international slots. As a matter of fact, if you look at the, uh, the roster as it stands right now, and as officially announced, the LA galaxy are one over on international slots. They have nine and they only have room for eight. However, there is a continuing saga and eventually I will have not an important question to ask Greg. And so I will actually spend time to ask this question because it's just never high on the list of things. Uh, Carlos Harvey still looks like he's not in camp. Uh, and he still looks like he's training down with Taro FC. I, I can't confirm that we've been looking at pictures trying to locate him, but we haven't seen him play. We haven't seen him in any of the pictures that I have seen. Uh, I've asked the LA galaxy mm, 10 times sort of for clarification on it. And there's always a, well, we're going to have to see, I'm going to have to ask and that type of thing. And the bottom line is the only person who probably knows the answer to that right now is Greg Vanny, or at least the only person who will talk to me about it is Greg Vanny. Carlos Harvey probably knows. Car- I bet Carlos knows. He knows where he is. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure he knows. That's true. Um, so we'll find out, but it's expected either one of two things that Carlos Harvey got a green card, Kevin, which would then make the Gala galaxy roster compliant at eight. And remember right now they can have as many international players as they want because there's no roster compliance. Uh, the roster compliance comes at, at the very last day before the season starts. And that's when the roster needs to be compliant. So, um, yeah, that's, that's where it is. And, and by the way, they're pointing out that Carlos Harvey is absolutely a hundred percent on this preseason roster. It's showed on the preseason roster. Just haven't seen them. And, well, and, and, and there's uh, talking about immigration stuff. There is some paperwork still needs to be done with Douglas Costa. He, uh, he said he came in on a, on a tourist or visitor's, uh, visitor's visa. visa. Right. I understand he has a flight back to Brazil coming up to, I believe he has to go back to Brazil. We don't know. Finalize the paperwork. So I asked Greg Vanny about that today because I was, I was interested because he's told them that he was going to be training and that he was going to be here. And usually you can't do that on a visitor's visa and all that stuff. But I'm also of the, uh, aware of the fact that uh, these things happen. I have heard that there is a process to convert a visitor's visa into a work visa, right? The the P1 visa um, that doesn't require you to go outside the country. And so 
I think that's what Greg was hinting at today whenever he was talking about that, that they were trying to do that. So we'll see. Um, there is possibly a flight um, out back to Brazil for Douglas Costa. We'll see if that ends up happening, if that ends up going. But we'll, we'll keep an eye on sort of his whereabouts. And if you see him on a private plane dodging out of town real quick, uh, it could be for, for that particular thing. And I would hope he doesn't have to go all the way back to Brazil because that's a long flight. Well, you know, Zach, the Galaxy's admin, the administration guy who books all the flights and does all this paperwork stuff, he was telling me some fascinating stories. You don't necessarily have to go back to your country of origin to do this. He's taken, he'll call around and find an embassy, maybe in Canada and Vancouver, he's taken players in, to Mexico. The nearest embassy that has an appointment, and that's the thing, these things get backed up. You could go there and wait three or four days. He'll find an embassy that has an appointment, they'll fly in into Vancouver. You know, go to the embassy, whatever embassy they need to go to, get the paperwork done, and then the guy flies back. And he may be Saudi Arabian. It's not Canadian. Right. But they can do that in a number of different places. It'd be surprising if he had to go back to Brazil. But maybe, you know, there's some family stuff that still has to be wrapped up. Yeah, I mean, it, it wouldn't surprise. Again, that's a long flight. The 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 interesting thing, though, is it's I think that uh, the Brazilian side in Rio, they're five hours ahead of the West Coast. So it's not like you're coming from over from from Europe and coming in. Right. There's not like an eight hour difference uh, whenever it's just five, which is still a lot. It's more than if you went to the East Coast, but it's not as much. It's like you're in the middle of the ocean, sort of, especially <laughs> like he's sitting in that center seat in, in like row 32 right in front of the bathrooms. It's got to be brutal. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure that's what he, I think he had a lay flat seat. It was probably nice and comfy. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I've never I've never slept on an airplane flaying fully flat before. It sounds wonderful. Sounds like a great idea. Um, it, w- it was funny. I was talking with the hammer, actually. Uh, and and you want to talk about things uh, I have. Th- there's a, you want to hear a weird story, Kevin, uh, for for business. First of all, show your shirt because I, I, everyone's looking at. the Yeah, there yeah, you go. The diamond dog shirt. Yes, I have this on. Um, there's Nate. Nate, who loves the false nine. <laughs> I was going to say. Uh, so so here's a, here's a funny story. I uh, Jason Giambi. You've heard of Jason Giambi, right? Yes. The late. Well, no, no that was Giambi. yeah, it was Jerry Jeremy Giambi who just passed away. Really sad news, forty-seven. Wow. Yeah, Jason. So, so Jason Giambi, uh, baseball player, um, and is from the uh, Inland Empire, not too far away. Uh, so, in a strange turn of events, we were. This is this is Josh's real job, where he builds buildings, industrial freezers, and refrigerator warehouses. We had a job up in Stockton, so Central Valley, Stockton. Um, lovely, lovely place. Well, one of the guys who was in charge of the company that was buying this, uh, had access to Jason Giambi's private jet. Right. And so we were going to go up there and we were going to drive and meet everybody up. And he's like, well, why don't you just fly on the private jet? Right. I've only done this once. So let's not pretend like I've, I, I, by the way, don't ever do this because if you were, if, unless you're going to make this your way of travel, you're going to be disappointed every time you go on an (laughs) airplane after this, uh, which is what the cast, but I flew on Jason Giambi's private jet up to Stockton and back. And let me just say, if that's how you're cruising around the country, I could be perfectly restful almost anywhere that you could go um, just with the amount of leg room and the amount of comfort and all those other things that are sort of going on. It was, it was funny, but yeah, it totally ruins things. So don't do it. Um, that's how Zalatan got here. Remember he even brought, had his dog on the flight. Absolutely. hundred percent. I mean, and that's when you look at it. I mean, I think one time somebody was talking to Tiger Woods and they're like, well, don't you get tired of when you travel across country? He's like, no, I have a private jet. I go in the back and I sleep in the bed. Like, it's like, Oh, okay. Um, when these guys are doing it and it was funny cause Douglas Costa, I think today, because this this picture was tweeted out, this is uh, this is from Fabrizio Romano, um, and it is of Douglas Costa and his agent sitting in a private jet. Well, we know that Douglas Costa flew on a commercial jet in order to get. So where did they fly a private jet to, Kevin? The only place that they possibly could, which was probably to Palm Springs. That's what I'm guessing. I'm guessing Douglas Costa flew from L.A. 
uh, one of the airports in LA to Palm Springs today, uh, which is probably in a private jet, like a 15 minute flight is, yeah, is yeah. my guess. Um, so anyway, it was, uh, it was, it was really interesting to sort of see that, but you can understand sort of where if you're in comfort more, the travel isn't as bad, which is funny because we talk about the charters all the time, Kevin, that the, the MLS is now, I think finally permanently stuck to, I don't think that's changing anytime soon, but you look at the charters that the MLS has, um, and the amount of travel wear and tear that that probably takes off these teams is, is significant and probably measurable. Uh, and- well, it's funny you bring that up because I was talking to LAFC ad man who again does the flights and stuff the other day and he, he says that they've been cleared to use charters for the first I don't know quarter third of the season he hopes it will continue because he said the transition back from charters to commercial will be terrible and he talked about how how unfair it is that you know in Vancouver you can't really get direct flights anywhere so mm-hmm. anywhere they, they go they have to commercially they have to connect and if they connect that double the chance of losing luggage or, or being delayed or whatever, he said Cincinnati uh, is similar. Columbus is similar. There are a number of teams that are in this situation where it's just not sitting on a commercial flight. Right. It's actually that they, they, they're going to have a chance of getting delayed because of that. Well, uh, it was uh, it, we'll see how that plays out. I think that's super interesting. I really think that it would be almost impossible to go back. We'll see if that is the case. But if it is, uh, I don't know that the the players will be all. all in fact, I know the players are going to be ticked about it. Um, so that'll be that again, something to watch in this season and see how that goes. But I imagine it will continue through the season. I, I, I don't think MLS is going to pull the rug out in the middle of the season, but we'll see. Um, yeah, uh, we have we have now Douglas Costa uh, officially announced there was a press conference uh, later late this afternoon at 430 p.m press conference uh Jovan Karofsky Greg Vanny and Douglas Costa all spoke um I got to ask questions to uh to Greg Vanny and uh, and Douglas Costa that uh, Jovan gave a brief little uh talk and basically said you know in the offseason we knew we wanted a, a a difference maker and a designated player in the attacking third of the field and you know we had been paying attention to sort of what was going on with Gremio and with them being regulated we knew that maybe we could make a make a play on him and you know it played out and and they got him i mean that was the the basis of what uh Jovan said so uh I don't know that there was anything groundbreaking in this, but Kevin, you got to talk to Greg Vanny a little while ago, and I know we've like talked about this in and out, um, you know, for the last couple of weeks of of what Greg Vanny sort of said during this. But you're talking about Douglas Costa. You're talking about where you want him to play. Greg says he can play anywhere in an offensive, uh, you know, position that that he wants. That's central attacking midfielder on the right wing, on the left wing. He talked specifically today about him playing inverted, right? So being a left sided player and inverting into the middle. The idea there, obviously, is to open up lanes whenever you cross into the middle, and also to fill the space that is available in the middle of the field whenever you do that. And as a creative playmaker in Major League Soccer, it makes a lot of sense for somebody like Douglas Costa to line up on the left hand side. Um, what there there was more to that though, and there's more little intricacies in this as well, right? Well, there's a lot to this, and 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 I'm going to say first of all, I drank the Kool Aid on all the other sale, uh, all the other you know acquisitions. Oh, you know, Steven Gerrard is going to be great, and Gio Dos Santos is going to be great, and with the exception of Zlatan, none of that's really worked out. And so I'm going to sit back and 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 see how this develops. Douglas Costa is a human humble figurine. He's very delicate. Um, he's not. He's once in his 13-year career, he played more than 27 league games in a season. Okay, so and and the injuries he's had. Um, um, Greg talked about he had one broken foot, kept him out for seven months, but all the rest of those have been soft tissue injuries, and those injuries tend to linger. 
Douglas Costa, about the same time that COVID came along, said that he had actually thought about retiring seriously and had a, 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 a psychiatrist, I guess he talked to, a sports psychologist, to help him through this. He was so frustrated about not being able to play. So I asked Greg about that, and Greg said, look, He's a Ferrari. He's not a long-distance car. He's not a long-distance truck. He's a Ferrari, and you have to treat a Ferrari a little differently. And he said he's not going to play every game. Um, so I guess when there are two games or three games in a week, you'll see Costa play maybe once or twice. Um, Greg is not going to take a chance on him getting injured and being out time. So what does that mean? That means we have a, a another designated player who going in, the manager already says, this guy's not going to be out there every day. And, and you and I on this show have talked a lot about – designated players and and you need to get minutes out of them so let's look and see what the the, the recent record is chicharito has missed 23 uh, of of the games that he's been in uh, with the galaxy for he's missed 23 games in two years jonah missed 17 games in his last two seasons as a designated player uh geo missed 20 of 34 games this is not starting this is not, not appearing at all missed 20 of 34 games in his last season gerard missed 13 of 34 games in his last season so now we're in a situation where greg is saying look if we get this guy for three quarters of the game uh, games as a designated player that's enough and you know if 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 he is as good as everyone says he is, and I'm sure, you know, at 31, we'll see. He was playing at a, at a second division team in Brazil when the Galaxy got him. Um, if he's that good, then maybe 24, 24, 25 games out of 34 is going to be enough. One thing we do know about him is he's a winner. He's played 13 seasons, um, and he uh, this last season with Gremio, they went down. But before that, he had finished fourth with Juventus one year. He had finished second with Shakhtar in the Ukraine one year, all the other years that he's played, his team has won a title. We're talking about the Bundesliga. We're talking about Syria. Right. Um, we're talking about the, the, the Ukraine premier league, uh, tough, big leagues. He's, and he's been right there with teams that have won titles, won hardware. That's what the galaxy needs. Someone that knows how to do that because they don't have anyone to, that can do that right now. I, I mean, if you're, if you're looking at it though, and go back to your, to your, your original point there too, about availability is that you look at Chicharito and I don't think there's anybody in here who thinks that Chicharito can make it past 3000 minutes. I think that you're going to have to limit his numbers just because of his age and his injuries that he's had before. Um, and quite honestly, if the LA galaxy, and I, I think I said it on Monday night, if the LA galaxy had Chicharito for four more games, uh, they make the playoffs. Uh, it, it absolutely matters that these guys are available and that they're producing in the way that they're producing. Uh, I, I have less concern about the travel for uh, for Costa and the heat for Costa than I do almost anybody else. Playing in Brazil is a large country. There's a lot more travel than... I'm not saying it's at the same as MLS, but he will be used to similar things and he's going to be used to heat conditions <laughs> that do not exist, uh, you know, uh, here. I, I even think if you're going to put him into a hot and humid Houston in the summertime that he's going to be like, yeah, I, I grew up in this. This is this is not really a problem for me. Well, so You know, another thing with the soft tissue injuries, and I, I, I know it's a whole new team and a whole new sports science situation, but, man, the Galaxy's recent history with injuries, when you look at the guys we talked about, Jonah with the uh, the um, uh, the groin injury that kept coming back and, and – uh, uh, um, Gio with, uh, uh, you know, he had hamstring problems and Gerard had the hamstring problems. Um, Chicharitos, the calf, they're all soft um, muscle tissue injuries right. um, that have kept them out. And this just seems to be something that historically, at least recent history, the galaxy have not been able to solve. Yeah. And, and again, those things are things that linger. You can have a pulled calf and, and maybe it take two or three weeks off. 
and you come back and all of a sudden you're playing in a hot climate and you're, maybe you're not hydrated and it comes back again. Those things keep coming back. You'd almost rather have the guy have a broken foot and miss a couple of months and then come back healthy than, than knowing that that hamstring is just ready to to go at any time. Yeah. And you know, it's, it, it, that's, that's how these things go. So it, it, again, we've talked about, this. this is a huge gamble for the LA galaxy in terms of the availability and what they're trying to do and what they're trying to get, um, out of Douglas Costa. So I think that's interesting, but there's a more interesting part about this as well. You were talking to Greg Vanny. He talked about Kelvin Lairdam. He talked about Raheem Edwards. He talked about how he wanted to get these guys up and on the wings and into the attack and how he was really excited about it. And you and I were talking today and you said, but he, he didn't mention Julian Araujo. And I will say before I let you talk about it is today in the press conference, there wasn't a lot said whenever he was talking about where Douglas Costa would play. And he talked about Efrain Alvarez. He talked about, um, you know, Victor Vasquez. He talked about Leardam and he talked about Edwards and he talked about all these things. He didn't mention Julian Araujo again. And it's not that Julian Araujo isn't good because we all see he's good. And, and you heard Scott talk about him in, in terms of what he did in the scrimmage and some things like that. But I mean, if we're connecting the dots and we're making something of this, Kevin, then it's fair to say that Greg Vanny may, in his mind, have already moved on from Julian Rajo because he doesn't expect him to be here very long. Yeah, I had two conclusions from that. One is what you just said is that was kind of the first one is he's already written Julian Rajo off. And it, it may be he's anticipating Julian Rajo is going to be away with the Mexican national team a lot, which he probably will be. But, you know, World Cup qualifying is going to be over next month. And um, they'll play some friendlies. He doesn't necessarily have to be called up for all of those if it's not a FIFA date. Um, so Junior Rahu will be here most of the season. But but Greg talked about Leardam. He talked a lot about uh, Edwards. Um, you know, it could be that he he's talking about the new guys, and that's what he's trying to accent. And and he assumes that we all know about Junior Rahu. Um, he talked about Marky Delgado a lot. Boy, he really likes Marky Delgado. Yes. He said he's one of the best in MLS at bringing the ball up the field. Uh, but I, you know, Junior Rahu was missing. I do kind of like his idea about uh, Revelison. I do think he can maybe try to be a box-to-box guy. We'll see how that works out. We know he's not going to get a ton of minutes from Vasquez or a ton of minutes from Kleshton. Those guys will will be maybe in that central attacking role or, or, or uh, you know, bringing the ball up the link when they're on the field. Maybe they split minutes, um, and, and that's how you fill that. I'm not so sure about Efrain Alvarez, though. I don't like him in the middle. I don't think he fits in the middle. I think we're, the midfield already – begins to feel like what we had last year with, with Sebastian Legette. Good player, we just don't know where to put him, and because we keep putting him in different positions, he's never effective because he's not really sure what he's supposed to be doing. Yeah, uh, it, it could be. An, and listen, I think that Araujo still has what I consider another year. Um, we'll see if that ends up being the case. Certainly. Um, we'll see. If maybe maybe summertime he's gone, and, and pay attention to that. Uh, I think it's really interesting. The main reason that you move Efrain Alvarez away from the center and out to the wing is to give him more time on the ball uh, in a less congested space, and we find that whenever Efrain has space and he has time, he's very deadly with it. Um, you put him in the center, and he has, he's going to have to think faster and move faster. So, um, Super interesting whenever you look at what you are seeing from Julian Araujo uh, this season. And, you know, it's one of those where you, you sort of if you have a Julian Araujo jersey, you better wear it uh, to the game and you better uh, enjoy it because uh, I, I don't think that's long term. If it's summer, it's summer. If it's, you know, through this year, then it's through this year. However, that ends up happening. But uh, I, I'm kind of with you, Kevin, just in the way that he's talking. I, I think he's almost like we're going to we're going to have to move on from this. And and however it is, uh, whenever that is, we have to be prepared for that with with Lear Dam, with 
Raheem Edwards, which, by the way, it seems like Edwards is going to be your starting left back right now for... Yes, yeah, Sueno is, is injured again, and they, they're not even talking about him. No, I, I mean, he, he has a knee contusion um, that is the same one that he had last year, and he's like 90, 95%. We talked about that on Monday. Greg sort of updated, um, uh, you know, over the over the weekend. So we will see where uh where that sits uh with with him and whether or not he gets any minutes Derek Williams another question mark that's uh, the injury Adam Saldana has the broken uh broken ankle I believe or broken uh broken foot broken ankle um that's still he's in recovery mode so that's something to to keep an eye on so the injuries mounting a little bit for the galaxy nothing horrible um but you would expect that they get some of these guys back in the next uh, couple days so they can play in these preseason games and obviously you have a Sunday game coming up in the preseason uh and that game will not be streamed uh but I'll be out there I'll, I'll be out there. For that. You know, we've only got, you know, you keep talking about, we've got time, 17 days. And with Derek Williams, uh, you know, m- maybe being slow by injury, it's really a good thing. They got Daniel Starris there. They can just plug in mm-hmm. at any time, by the way, do you want to start a controversy? Because uh, it seems like jo- uh, Jonathan Klinsman's getting uh, a lot of reps a- as the starting goalkeeper. It seems to me it's, and I'm wondering if there's a real competition on for goalkeeper or whether it's Jonathan bonds and he just going to sit back and watch and let Klinsman, you know, get some action? Or do you think perhaps Klinsman's being auditioned and he may have a chance to be the starter? Eh, nah, I'm not really. If you want to get into goalkeeping controversies, I usually will take a nap for that. Jonathan Bond's the clear number one in my case. So um, I, I can I can imagine certainly with this midweek game, it seems like Greg went and started sort of an alternative starting lineup a little bit. Um, with what he was trying to do for a, a Thursday game, knowing that you have a Sunday game, uh, I would imagine Sunday is going to be a very good dress rehearsal for uh, for the start of the season. I think you're going to see 90 minute performances on Sunday. I think you're going to see 90 minute performances the weekend after, uh, whenever it's DC United at Dignity Health Sports Park as well. Um, so there's a lot of things. They also have a, a a preseason scheduled against Vancouver that's closed door after they come back from Golchella as well. So they're there on Sunday and then they're done. Um, so it's a quick trip out there. They have trained together. They will get some time together. Uh, and then basically they'll be back Sunday afternoon. So after the game on Sunday, uh, the galaxy may be on buses, uh, the same time I am, uh, getting out of there. So they will be back, uh, in Los Angeles basically on Sunday. So, uh, maybe that, they'll take that cost to private jet. Some of them. I, I, I don't think so. I think they're just going to take a bus, which by the way, that's, that's not a trip I want to take. That's like two and a half hours on a bus. I, mm, no, thanks. Uh, but I, you know, I would do it. Uh, I was talking to somebody at the galaxy and, and, uh, they were like, oh, well maybe next year we'll, we'll get together like a, a, a bus for the media and we can, we can bus you guys out there. I'm like, I think we should get a limo. Um, I think we should live. In, and then I just pictured Scott French with his head out the sunroof with a limo <laughs> screaming. Uh, so Scott, Scott's a good, uh, a, a good, uh, a good, good sport with all that. So. You think any of the players are hitting up the casinos out there? No, um, I was hurt. I, so I was actually talking and I heard they have all have an early call tomorrow. So I, I imagine training comes fairly early. So I don't think they're out and about, but if you are in the Palm Springs area and I would imagine they would migrate into the city, um, instead of, uh, being out towards the Indio area there. Uh, if you are, maybe, maybe you do see some out, snap some pictures, do, send them our way. So yeah, do not look for them at the nickel slots. They will not be there. <laughs> they will not be there. Uh, there was, uh, they got the video of Chicharito meeting Douglas Costa for the first time and them saying hi to each, hi to each other. It was quick. It was brief. It was a hug. It was a, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Glad to be here. Blah, blah, blah. Douglas Costa did say in the press conference that he was excited um, that he was on the same team as, as Javier Hernandez and, and was looking forward to to sort of uh, coming together. Oh, with b- by the way, one of the things, uh, just looking at these two, I'm thinking they're talking to each other. How do they talk? Because Douglas Costa needed a translator. 
in the press conference today. He, he's very fluent in Spanish and understands Spanish, a little bit of English, but obviously Portuguese is his default language. And he said in the press conference today that, and this is smart, I've heard of athletes all, in every sport, look, I, I can talk to you in English, but I'm going to do my press conference in Portuguese because I don't want to screw up. Right. Totally understandable. It's very smart for him to do that. But I bring that up because another thing that Vanny and I talked to, I said, look, Greg, all you talked about all last season was, look, we got to get everybody in camp in preseason. You talked about it this winter, everybody in camp on day one. We need to we need to use every available hour to to, to make sure we get this chemistry right. And I said, and now you bring in the Ferrari and this is the guy that you're going to count on. And he shows up, you know, with 17 days to play. And we don't even know if he can train yet. And uh, Greg kind of pushed back on that a little bit, said, look, a guy like Douglas Costa, he's played so many places all over the world. He's such a great player. He's played in so many systems. He goes, I just sit down with him and said, look, this is what we're trying to do. And he's going to pick up on it immediately. And he said that this is not going to be a problem. And then the language thing. Um, yes, English may be the, the, the language you hear most often in the dressing room. But everybody there speaks Spanish just about. Uh, if he speaks Spanish and knows, uh, you know, 13 years at the top level in Europe, probably not going to be the same as trying to get, uh, you know, Cameron Dunbar up to speed. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's interesting just just putting that out. I, for, for if Greg says, "Hey, listen, he's Douglas Costa, and he'll figure he'll figure it out because he's so smart," I always say, "Yeah, well, you don't really have a choice, Greg, because you have 17 days until the start of the season. That dude really isn't going to be fully training with you until the next like seven to ten days. Uh, so you're going to have like a full week of him before you open up against New York City FC, the defending MLS Cup champions, who are in your house, Dignity Health Sports Park, um, for that." And so, you know, uh, you, you don't have a choice. That's that's how he, it has he, to work. He did go through camp with Gremio. Yep. Uh, they had started their season and then he I don't believe he played any games. I believe he was prepared to play. And then because of the trade talks, they they did not use him for fear of an injury. So he probably hasn't trained in maybe 10 days. That is correct. Here's uh, here's Greg Vanny actually talking about that. I pulled this up just as you were talking about it. He says, can he? Oh, I have to hit the play button. He's been in preseason down in Brazil. Uh, up until this started to get really serious, maybe, you know, 10 days to two weeks ago. But prior to that, he was in preseason and concentration down with Gremio doing two, three training sessions a day. Uh, and he's just been trying to maintain fitness while this has been finalizing and, for, and you know, traveling out here. So fitness level should be solid. Uh, so now it's just a process of integration and, and helping him to really prepare for what is a long kind of grueling season. There you go. See? Wow, it's like Greg Vanny was in my head. <laughs> uh, can I tell you my favorite part of the press conference? Greg uh, Vanny wearing glasses? Uh, no, first of all, I would like to, again, be upset and angry um, at Greg Vanny, uh, and then I will be happy uh, and laugh uh, with, with Greg Vanny. Uh, I'm angry and upset because that man changes his facial hair like I change my underwear, so at least twice a week. Um, and he, and it still looks good. Like I have this facial hair, Kevin, and this is my facial hair. If, if I shaved this off, everybody would make fun of me for weeks and weeks and weeks. You have that facial hair. If you shaved it off ever, I would make fun of you for weeks and weeks and weeks. Greg Vanny just lives in and out of this facial hair life. He steps into it and he looks good with it. He steps out of it and he looks good with it. He's just, he floats. He's a translator between two worlds. And as I've said many times before, he's got that tank top energy he can just wear a tank top and he probably got hugs from his dad and there were lots of good things that happened for greg vanny because he's just overly confident with his facial hair so that wow, was wow that yeah. was a I that know. was quite an off-ramp we took there. it's okay um, let's get back on the highway but here we go uh <laughs> my favorite part of the press conference was uh was from greg vanny and it was how he opened up uh and it's funny because he was basically making the joke that 
that he made whenever I asked him about Douglas Costa a week ago. And I said, hey, Greg, uh, there's rumors and reports. And I was the first question, too. It was, there's rumors and reports that Douglas Costa is signing with the LA Galaxy. Can you comment on that? He goes, now is not the time to talk about designated players. And everybody, like if you read that quote, it sounded like he was being like swarmy with it. But he was it was perfectly fine. It was a little humorous because he knew I knew everybody knew what he was saying uh, whenever he said that. So he started it uh, very, very coyly today, his press conference. Good afternoon, everyone. Today is the day I will talk about the DP. There you go. See, he used my joke, Kevin. That was my joke. And then whenever I talked to him at the press conference, I said, you already stole my joke. I was going to ask you if today was the day you're going to talk about DPs. Uh, and he goes, yep, he, he got it all there. So uh, we will eventually have the full press conference up here um, on the uh, on the corner of the Galaxy website. I just had to do a podcast instead of editing the, uh, the, the, the press conference and getting that out. So it'll be up on our YouTube channel here in just a little bit. Um, there was, uh, let's see. Uh, there was a trialist, another trialist out there today, um, which I thought was was interesting. Um, let me see if I can find the information on it again because I was sort of moved it down. Um, trialist Liam Doyle, he's 29 years old. He's a center back. Uh, he was playing with San Antonio FC, born outside the country, uh, but looks like he has a green card. So uh, there was a 29-year-old center back who also got some time in this game. Uh, we talked about Barry, the other trialist who was in this game in that central defensive uh, midfielding holding position. Uh as well. So just keep an eye on those as we progress and, and sort of move along. Definitely keep an eye on those two, because we talked a couple of weeks ago about how trialists aren't necessarily trying out for the galaxy. They are trying to show their stuff to scouts from other teams in the hopes of signing on elsewhere. These two guys play positions of need for the galaxy. I would assume that these guys are someone that the galaxy are definitely taking a look at, especially with playing them against Seattle. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and Seattle, by the way, played more of their first team lineup, as we as we sort of mentioned, uh, than the LA Galaxy did. If you look at the LA Galaxy's preseason record right now, uh, three 0-1-1s, uh, 13 goals scored, five goals against, uh, undefeated so wow. far in four games uh, for the MLS LA Cup. Yeah, the MLS Cup. That's here we come. Yeah, that's right. It's uh, we're right around the corner. Uh, if you're looking at the preseason goal leaders, I think we talked about it already. But uh, Kevin Cabral currently has three. Jovalich has two. He scored in two consecutive games. Now, uh, Farai Mutatu also has two goals. Not going to say it. Not yeah. going to say it. And Go then ahead. and then one goal for Ravellison, one goal for Dunbar, one from or for Alvarez, Chicharito, and Grant Sir as well. So those are your goal scorers right there. Uh, really interesting stuff as well. Uh, the 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 Portland Timbers canceled the contract, uh, terminated the contract of Andy Polo. Everybody remembers Andy Polo uh, was the player that uh, Derek Williams got a red card for a tackle against up in Portland. Uh, and then a bunch of uh, Polo's countrymen um, started making some some racist and insensitive comments towards uh, towards Derek Williams, calling him a criminal and a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, the Portland fans, I think, for the most part, strayed away from that. But Merritt Paulson was was more than vocal about wanting a very long suspension for Derek Williams. And I think Williams ended up getting six games, if I remember correctly. Does that I was sound right? say five, but but maybe the six was the one that he was red carded out of. It, it, it could have been, but uh, we had also heard that it might have been as many as eight at one point as well. And so that actually got walked back a little bit. Well, apparently the day after he got injured, Andy Polo was at least uh, uh, under suspicion of or had police at his home for a domestic violence issue. Uh, the Portland Timbers knew about that. Uh, during that time, uh, didn't do anything, actually picked up his option, uh, and then today terminated his contract whenever everything sort of came to light and that there were some, I, I think, some additional uh, allegations there as well. So just uh, 
crazy. We we talk so much about, you know, Pavone and just the the implications around his court case and why it would be bad PR to sort of be anywhere near that. Zero tolerance on they, this kind of stuff. There you don't want to be in the position the Portland Timbers are in right now. Um and that organization looks really bad from an outside view from and, and not paying look, attention. They look bad because of what you just said. I mean, the Galaxy had that issue with Katai. Right. Uh, and it took them 48 hours or 36 hours to resolve it. And they look like they were moving slow on that because all of you out there listening, the fans told the Galaxy what they had to do. And yeah. it was unequivocal. You have to do this. The, the Timbers are in a bad position because, as you said, they knew about this or allegedly knew about this and signed them to an extension then now they have to turn around and say, nope, you're not even, we're terminating your contract. We don't want you anywhere near here. Well, wait a minute. You just signed me to an extension. You knew about it and you wanted me and now you don't want me anymore. And it's crazy. It, it, it's, crazy. It, it's remember, it's never the crime. It's the cover up. Yeah. And, and that's certainly what it is. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, did you hear the Charlotte coach today? Did you hear Charlotte? Remember the LA Galaxy no. traveling for, this is great. You'll love this. Uh, the LA Galaxy traveling to Charlotte for the second game of their season, which will be the home opener for Charlotte FC, their first ever game at home in front of their fans at Bank of America Stadium, if I remember correctly. Big NFL Stadium. Big NFL Stadium. They said there's 60,000 plus tickets already sold for that. Yeah. Uh, if you're one of those 60,000, I wonder what you would think whenever your coach, and he was speaking in Spanish, but they provided the translation. So he said it. Somebody asked him, you know, what do you think of this team? And what do you think you're going to kind of accomplished and he goes first of all he goes i don't want to comment on the team right now just because i think our roster is unfinished he goes and so until we we have that finished roster he goes then i really don't want to say anything he goes but if we're basically but if we're going off of right now we're screwed he comes out and <laughs> says it we're screwed <laughs> and i was like so you're a charlotte fan and your coach just said you're screwed <laughs> actually does, he said estamos jodidos yeah which is come <laughs> it can be translated as politely as we're screwed yes it can be translated a little more uh, yeah, yeah, you behave yourself. I'm not going to say okay, it. Good. I guess I know, but it can be translated another way. Yes, and 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 it's even more 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 bad, as they say. Um, yes, yes, the, the, but, but the, you know, who knows? I mean, we don't know that coach, right? That could be his way of firing the team up. You know, um, probably a misguided way of doing it, but perhaps there's mind games going on. I I don't think there are any mind games. You could just see it on his face. He was like, no, no, it's it's not going to happen. So, I mean, MLS is getting a little crazy right now and, and it's reaching fever pitch. Uh, the LA galaxy expected to announce their, uh, their Jersey on February 15th. So that's coming out. Um, so you pay attention to that. We teased that already with a bunch of things. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, there's, there's a whole bunch of stuff that is, that is going on. And I think a 16 million dollar transfer for Atlanta on the other side as well. And another league record, uh, for a transfer fee, uh, the LA galaxy, I think are sixth or seventh on that. And their, their highest transfer fee ever was 9.4 million for, for Chicharito. And just behind that is Gio. I think he was up around 6 million. Yeah. So, um, it, it's, it's crazy. I uh, think Atlanta's had three of the top five or six. They do. I mean, they, they have the they, top three. Yeah. They are uh, a team. Talk about a team with aspirations. It, it's, uh, I mean, and that's sort of one of the things we've always argued about with AEG and the galaxy as well. Right. Which is they have the money to go pay a $16 million transfer fee if they want to. Now I'll say this. I don't think it's worked out as well for Atlanta as everybody thinks it has. Um, they spend a lot of money and they haven't all been hit. So you can spend a lot of money and lose a lot of money real fast too. Uh, whenever well, you're playing that game. Speaking of that, I wanted to say, I think Jovan Karaski gets some credit right now for signing uh, Douglas Costa or uh, getting him to come. I mean, he's the scout and he's got goes down and organizes. He had a deal with Pavone. So in the off season, they told Jovan, go get, uh, 
Costa, go get Pavone. He got both, only one of them signed for reasons we know. Um, we'll see how it works out. But, I mean, his track record, he did get uh, Eber to come here. He did get uh, Gio, which at the time looked like a big deal. Um, you know, the, the tra- once the guys get here, what they what they produce is really not Jovan's fault. He's told, told to go and get these guys. So, you know, a, a, a little bit, you know, kudos to him. But Dan Beckerman and I had a discussion about what, exactly what you said. Yes, the Galaxy can spend the money. They have more money than God. That's okay. They can go out and spend it. But Dan Beckerman's... Uh, it, you know, a story to me was, it was, was so kind of off the wall and interesting that I never forgot it. He said, look, say I want a cup of coffee and I have $20 and I go to the coffee shop and they say, you know, the coffee costs $20. He goes, I want the coffee. I have the money, but that doesn't mean I'm going to pay it because the coffee is not worth $20. Right. And that's kind of his point. It's like, we need a midfielder. Do you have a midfielder you want to sell? you're selling it for way too much. We're going to walk away from that deal. Right. And that's kind of Beckerman's point. And so a lot of fans I know are talking about how come we're not one of the teams with the top, top transfer things. Hey, the Galaxy can do that. But if the player they're trying to sign is not worth it, I mean, they got Costa, as for what we know right now, without a transfer fee. They got one of the best players in the world. No transfer fee. That's not stupid or cheap. That's really smart. One of the former best players in the world. We don't know quite what he's going right. to be He's right a now. Ferrari, though. He's a Ferrari. That's what I heard. That's what I heard. Uh, by the way, a shout out uh, David for our super chat says obligatory super chat for $2. We appreciate that as well. All right. Um, do, 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 do. Yeah. I mean, I think that's where we sit right now. A, a busy day with the LA Galaxy. A lot of stuff came through. I did have this before we go. I have a little bit of a, a preliminary depth chart that just, I mean, I, I was throwing it off the top of my head. So like up at striker, if you're going to play that, it's Chicharito and Kevin Cabral. Those seem like the top two up there. Jovalich is probably in third, but that doesn't mean by the way that if, if Chicharito comes out that Jovalich doesn't replace him, right? That can happen. So uh, I got Chicharito, Cabral, Jovalich, and Dunbar up top. We'll see if Dunbar ends up staying with the first team or going down to the second team. Uh, he was playing a little with LA Galaxy 2 in the second game today. Uh, at left mid, I think Douglas Costa is the starter over at left mid right now. Uh, we'll see. That could also be over there on the right-hand side where I have Kevin Cabral currently. But as Greg Vanny was talking about today, Kevin, he said Kevin uh, Kevin Cabral could also play up top as a striker. So you have that. So Douglas Costa, Grand Sear, F. Ryan Alvarez. You can sort of mix and match all of these left mids and right mids with Grand Sear on the left-hand side or the right-hand side. Raheem Edwards can play up at a left mid. Julian Araujo quite honestly can play a wing back up in that right mid center as well. Um, the central attacking midfielder, I have Vasquez, Kleshin, Alvarez, Aguirre, and Perez. By the way, Aguirre today had the uh, the assist to Jovalich. Uh, and he was really impressive last year in the preseason as well. So something to watch. Uh, central midfield, central defensive midfielder. You got Ravellison and Delgado and Carlos Harvey, if he's indeed up here. Adam Saldana when he's healthy. Sasha Kleshin is in there as well. The CM, CDM seems like it's a thin spot there right now. So uh, having not having Carlos Harvey back on this team, Kevin, might be... Uh, a, a little bit of a short-sighted thing for the LA Galaxy. They do not have a lot of quote-unquote box-to-box or, or defensive midfielder options uh, in there. Uh, left back, Edwards is probably going to start right now because Biafania is injured. I still think Biafania is probably the preferred just because he's a he's a solid uh, left back, but that could very Boy, easily change. Greg really loves Raheem I know. Edwards. And I put Leardam that could back up on the left side. He could also obviously Leardam as the backup to Araujo on the right-hand side. Uh, for Kranis, can sort of play any of these center back positions, left back, any of those types of things. So uh, goalkeeper Jonathan Bond, Jonathan Klinsman, uh, Richard Sanchez, that's sort of easy. But anyway, that was just, I'm just playing around. Now, could this mean that the LA Galaxy play um, two strikers up top? Absolutely. And then you would move somebody out of the central midfield and up into a second striker. These are just strikers in my depth chart sort of go Chicharito, 
Cabral, Jovalich for me. Well, let, let me break this down a little bit. What I see is your is your Cam Vic Vasquez and and Kleshton, when you're already going to ration minutes for for Costa. I think it's a recipe for disaster because those guys are good players, but they're they're also veterans. They've been around a long time. I don't think they can play 90 minutes. If you play one 90 minutes and then the other 90 minutes, maybe you can make that work. You can piece that together. I do like Ravellis in a sort of maybe uh, a cam role. I don't know, withdraw on cam, you know, a guy that stays in the middle of the field. But Scott's right. If if they don't have a defensive mid, um, their center backs are, are not the strongest in MLS. And I think they're going to be exploited. And that was the problem I had sort of with bond at the end of last season. I didn't think bond was as strong at the end of the season as it was at the beginning. And it wasn't his fault. Right. I think his defense really let him down. And I think that's the big Achilles heel right now. And if you if you decide, okay, look, our center backs are not the strongest in the world. We're going to have to give them some help. Well, Ravellison is up, you know, up outside the, uh, the att- he's in the attacking end. He's not back there helping. Who are you going to put, who are you going to put there? Because, he may be your best box-to-box midfielder, but he's also your best holding midfielder as well. I, I, I think it's the center of the, the field is a real problem for the Galaxy. I think that everybody in the chat room needs to open their minds up a little bit. Yes, I only have 10 field positions because I combined the center back positions because center backs can play on either side, and it doesn't See, really I, matter. I, I knew that. I knew that. I, I knew I you knew that. that. But everybody over here is losing their mind because they're trying to do math and they can count to 10, whereas I'm in an 11 and I have like, I can split the strikers into two. I can split the center backs into two. I can sort of do these different things that I'm trying, that you're trying to do to sort of see this and the center backs don't matter as much. Yes, yeah, so um, it's a three, three, five, one because somebody got a red card. That's right. And so that's, that's, that's what, what happened. Doing. Yeah. Anybody. So, yeah. So anyway, it's okay. I'll, I'll keep, I'll keep educating everybody if, if you want to, if you guys want to keep guessing in the chat room. Um, anyway, so that's what we said. I just wanted touch on that uh roster spots now as we sit with a cost with costa there uh 27 that i currently have and again one over on the international slots we expect that to be taken care of though so not a big deal what, what do you have for the salary do you have everybody's salary or are you just i guessing do like i do have everybody's salary except for i have no idea what to put richard sanchez as i he was in usl last year i got i mean you could probably put him in at 85 uh which would probably be about so, league minimum type stuff but so, yeah so where where are you i can't I, I, there's no way i can read those little tiny numbers um uh, uh, right now, without Sanchez in there, I'm about 14.9 on base salary. Wow! And these are these are based off of last year's numbers because I don't have yeah. it, well last year's numbers, and then I put Costa in at five million. I just I, the, I'm guessing the Galaxy. I mean, it, the Galaxy with Vanny. I mean, they're going to be always, always, always over 20 million with Vanny. I mean, he's. He he is a big salary there, there's, coach. There's a very good chance because I wasn't worried about this because I don't have the right numbers that all my cells aren't adding up right now. So I didn't check it okay. because that's not something I need to pay attention to right now. That's not important because I don't have the right numbers. As soon as the numbers come out, I will total it. Where's um, your other little thing with uh, little football fields? I don't. What do you, oh, the the uh, the LA Galaxy in terms of uh, of holding, there it is. Of holding yeah. possession or it who controls seat chart on yeah who controls uh who controls possession or who controls territory uh so they did every single team and they were doing them around like premier league and a whole bunch of different things um and as you look at it and i wanted to look at the la galaxy in terms of where they control the territory uh the la galaxy absolutely control the territory wherever you see julian araujo running for the most part which is up the right hand side and a little bit on the left hand side as well and then very centrally actually on defense not, not surprisingly, only because the LA Galaxy are very deliberative, as Scott was talking about today, very deliberative buildups uh, in terms of how they go. So when you look at the LA Galaxy's 
territory they controlled. They basically controlled the center of the field to the midfield and then both of the wings and then nothing in the center um, in the attacking third. So a lot of uh, a lot of run up there and cross uh, is what I'm what I see sort of in this, but still more interesting in terms of how they they go about it. If you look at somebody like Sporting Kansas City, they have more squares, more red space covered um, than than open and blue space. The Galaxy still have some open spots in there. Well, so. you know, Greg Vanny is looking at this, too, and, and but he's a coach and he knows what he's talking about. And you and I are just, you know, throwing spaghetti on the wall. But the fact that in the central midfield, in the attacking end, there is a, a there's territory they do not control. I wonder if that is the fault of of Jonah and his injuries and the fact that he was not, you know, totally fit maybe for all of last season. Can Ravellison solve that problem? Or right. is it because the Galaxy just loved to play from the wings? And if that's true, then again, I'm going to go back and say Efra is much better as a guy crossing the ball in from the wings, which is like seemingly how they like to play. Well, so I, I wonder if Ravellison can solve that problem or if you even want, if you even consider that to be a problem. The, the interesting thing that I see here is that this indeed tells me that there is a weak central mid in this. There's there's because you want your central mid to control that play once you get across the halfway line, right? And the LA galaxy seed that center spot. So again, a soft center for the LA galaxy. This is what this tells me. By the way, another thing I just remember when you're talking about that, because I'm trying to think, I'm trying to get my 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 uh, mind around Costa being a central midfielder, and it just seems like a maybe where you don't want him. But Greg did say that he considers Costa to be virtually unmarkable. Right. Uh, that if he gets in tight spaces, he can dribble out of it. If you back off and you give him space because you don't want him to dribble past you, then he can deliver that pass, that cross that kills you. And so he said other teams are going to have to mark him with two or three guys to to box him in. Um, he said that means that somebody else is wide open. It's going to create space for other players. So you may look at Costa in the middle of the season and say, hey, he has one assist and no goals, and but and he's, and he's you know playing a lot of minutes because he's a Ferrari. Um, but Chicharito has 12 goals. Well, yeah. that's because of Costa uh, taking the defenders away. I, 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 let's, I, I can't wait to see it. Show me how it works. I'm ready, well, yeah. I'm ready to watch. I'm with you. I, I am not convinced that this is the greatest signing since God, and we'll see how it works. Uh, convince me right. that this is right. Right now, I agree with you. This is a huge gamble. The ga- Galaxy have made these gambles before with a lot of players, and they've failed more often than they've hit. So let's see. Uh, I, I did I did hint at the fact it does seem – Spectrum Sportsnet tweeted out that the LA Galaxy had landed Douglas Costa today. I am I am still feeling like that is the direction that the LA Galaxy are going to go for their local broadcast. Uh, still nothing official, but I, I'm hearing more rumbling, so we will see. For one year... i got to wait for MLS to approve it. <laughs> I'm sure they do. Uh, by the way, uh, uh, my sugar daddy chimed in as well. I didn't know if you know I have a sugar daddy, but uh, his name's Herb, uh, and he he tips he tips us a lot of money in Super Chats. Uh, so $50, yeah. $50 Super Chat from Herb again. Um, there is also a conspiracy theory that I would like to take from the Discord to hear and explain. Um, Herb's first name is Herb, right? Uh, what else What else has the first name of Herb? Herbal Life. Do you think we're being shadow Ooh. sponsored by Herbal Life? Is this? I was I was gonna say Herb Albert. No, it's not Herb Albert and 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 his band. That's not happening. So um, no. But anyway, I wow, just that's shout, good. I know. That's good. That was the Discord. So it's a nice little inside joke for the Discord. Herb, we appreciate it. Thank you very much. Always Thanks, Herb. It. If you're not Herbal Life. 
Yeah, uh, <laughs> can you tell us if you're Herbalife or not? Or sh- shake your head up and down. Are you yeah. allowed to? Are you allowed to disclose? All right. If you are Herb Albert, I would like you to bring the Tijuana Brass to a game. Uh, the the one more th- the one more thing that we can sort of touch on before we get out of here. People are asking about Tam signings. The LA Galaxy probably have room for two Tam signings. Probably one of the one closer to the max, and then one smaller. Um, I'm not hearing anything and it doesn't sound like the yellow galaxy are bringing anybody in. So are they going to sit on that? Kevin, does it look like they're sitting until the summer? It feels like they're sitting till summer. Well, Greg did say he, he anticipates there may be one more player coming in. Yeah, so whether see. that means now or then we'll see about, I well, we also, well, I, I, we also don't know when it's closing, right? We don't know when the transfer window yeah, closes. Well, and, and I'm not a coach or a general manager, which is really good for all the teams that might think that I might be a coach or general manager. But having said that, I always, you know, you want all your players here at the beginning of the year. And, and I get that. But if you have a spot open, what's wrong with waiting 12, 15, 20 games until June. And then you could say, you know what? We really need this position. This, position. this guy got hurt or this yep. guy didn't work out. By yep. the way, did you know that Herb Albert is the A in AMN records? And he was responsible for the career of the Carpenters. I, I, another group that no one ever heard of. I, except I, me, Cause I'm too old. I don't know. I don't even know. I don't even know what you said. You might as well have been speaking Portuguese. <laughs> I, I don't get it. Um, by the way, the only word I know in Portuguese is uh, horse, which is cabajo, uh, because it's like caballo, but it's got a J in it. So there you go. Uh, Patrick, by the way, $5 super chat. That was probably wrong anyway. I, it's probably something I remembered for like since elementary school. Uh, $5 super chat from Patrick. And Patrick says, Herb is my spirit animal. So that's good. I'm glad Herb gets everybody all fired up when he comes into the chat rooms. He apologized for being late too. So um, are we done? I know Bongia. Which is good. Good morning. Oh, what what is is obrigado? Which is which is goodbye. Obrigado is, is, is I believe obrigado. Is, isn't with, that thank you? It, it maybe thank you, but is it, it? It's like with a hug or something like that. Is how you absolutely translate. It was funny because we were talking about uh, Pablo Arquisa, who on Monday's show, uh, who Christian Miles knows, and I know he was in charge of Spectrum Deportes at one point, who's um, Argentine, and so he would he he would talk to me, and we would have these discussions all day. Anyway, he's back in Argentina, and he says hi because uh, Christian uh, reached out to him. So hi. Uh, Hi, Pablo. How's it going? Um, you, you know, what's really funny is you bring up, I think I, I, I've been to Brazil three times last time in 2016 and I forgot anything that I knew that might've been vaguely Portuguese. Right. I think obrigado is thank you, but you, you, you could be right. In any case, the point I was going to make is when you go to international events like an Olympics or a world cup, all the reporters all pretend like they're going to really get into the language, be able to speak to the people. And basically we learn how to say hello and goodbye and thank you. And that's, that's it. That's it. And so when people are getting off the media bus, everyone says their one word of Portuguese. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Or in, 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 in the case of the Olympics this last summer, they say thank you in Japanese. That's the only, that's only it, that's word it. that we ever bother to learn. <laughs> no. At least we learned that one, though. That's, <laughs> I don't know. That's kind of good. You should always try. If you're in another country, you should always try. All right. We're going to wrap it up. Uh, Thursday night show is all done. Uh, again, I will try to have coverage for you guys on Sunday out there from uh, the polo fields as long as I don't melt. Apparently, the chair that I ordered, Kevin, I was going to bring my own beach chair because I wanted to be that guy. Uh, I got one of those beach chairs with like the hood over top. So that way I could hide in the shade from did, all the did heat. It come yet? No, it's did not it going to get here until Tuesday. So like oh. it just got to shipping. I'm, ve- I'm very disappointed. So anyway, you're going to take the cooler though, right? Yeah, <laughs> I am going to take the cooler with my b- soda in there uh, with my Dr. Peppers. And you got to have the sunglasses with the, like the lanyard. I'm, I'm going to tr- try to get the widest brim hat I can get. This is pasty white skin that likes to burn very easily. So, uh, we will, we will see what I can do. All right. Um, 
Anything else? Are we good? We're done. Ka-ching! Overtime for that's me. A, that's a, Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, if you are looking for Mr. Kevin Baxter on Twitter, it's at KBaxter11. Head on over to LATimes.com. That's where you can find him, and he's usually on Monday nights. In fact, we never let him on Thursday nights. I promise it'll never happen again. So uh, a big thanks to, uh, to Kevin for tonight. Big thanks to Scott French as well, Soccer America writer. He's also a freelancer. Please go out, read Soccer America, subscribe, subscribe to the LA Times, do all those fun things for Kevin and Scott as well. All right, four, or actually, it's still me. I'm Josh Gessman. You can find me at Jay Gessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and of course, at Galaxy Podcast. You can head on over to cornerthegalaxy.com where we will have all of our preseason coverage. We'll have our videos up there. We'll have our podcast, all that fun stuff, cornerthegalaxy.com. All right. For Mr. Kevin the Panda Baxter, for Mr. Scott French, I'm Josh Pato Gessman. You've been listening, you've been watching to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Everyone have a wonderful weekend. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.